You're listening to a sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Niagara. We believe in unapologetic preaching, unashamed adoration of Jesus, unceasing prayer, and unafraid witness. Thank you for listening. Amen, amen. Remain standing as we uh, open in a word of prayer. God, how awesome it is to come into your presence and to worship you, the living God. Father, we know that the world speaks of all kinds of gods, but we know, God, there is one true God. There is a God who is alive. There is a God who is all-sufficient, a God who needs nothing from anybody, a God who rules this universe upon the throne up in heaven, a God who has all power and all dominion and all authority, and that is you, O Lord. So thank you, God, for the privilege of coming and worshiping you. Thank you that you've called us and allowed us the, the reality of knowing you as our, as our God. Thank you for adopting us as your children and calling us sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord, for giving us grace upon grace each and every day, the giver of every good and perfect gift, the one who lavishes us, us with love and with, with mercy when we deserve at least. You still, God, keep loving us. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to be your ambassadors and your missionaries to the world around us. We might also declare to those that don't know you the the truth of who you are and the truth of your salvation, the truth of all that you want to do in their lives. Thank you, God, for that awesome privilege. Lord, as we gather together today, we want to thank you also for our church family. Thank you for the year we could have done, we did together this past year, for the, the, the moments we could encourage each other, the moments we could exhort each other. Thank you that you've given us brothers and sisters to do life with, that we don't have to walk out these doors and do it all by ourselves. We have each other. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome reality of a church family you've given us. May we cherish each other, Lord. And, and thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who empowers us every step of the way. Thank you for your word, Lord, which guides us. God, I pray today as we open up that very book, the Word of God, Father, would you speak to us individually in our seats and motivate us and move us to be men and women who are called according to your purpose and willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it costs to follow Jesus to the very end. Lord, thank you for this day. Speak to us now as we open up your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've been studying now for... A whole year, the book of Acts, and the title of the sermon has been On Mission. And on mission, this is what the church exists for, and this is what your life as a believer is to be. This is what the church exists for. We exist, we're here on mission. This is what a believer is. It's one who's on mission for Jesus Christ. And Hudson Taylor said this sentence, which I found very uh, encouraging and profound and impactful. God isn't looking for people of great faith, but for individuals ready to follow him. This is what it means to be on mission. God isn't looking for necessarily for people of great faith, but just simply for individuals ready to follow him. And so all year long, we've been asking ourselves this question, am I ready to follow Jesus? Am I willing to go and be bold enough to follow him on mission? Ushers are coming by with Bibles. I was going to get to that, but they're here. They're ready. It's good. We need the Bibles. So we ask ourselves this question, am I Am I ready? I'm sure some of you here are, are, are answer the question with this, like, like, are you ready? I, I won't do it. Some of you are simply in that place, like, you're hearing the message, you're nodding your head in agreement, and you, you, you like the sounds of it, but deep down in your heart, you decide, like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to live on mission. It's good for somebody else, but I'm simply not doing it. Decided already you're going to be a spectator and not a participant in the mission of God. I'm praying today this message would be an encouragement to you that the, 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 the great coach, the good coach, God himself would come alongside you and give you a motivational pep talk today to get in the game and get, give it all you've got. 
Pray that God will remind you today that you are drafted onto his team uh, for a spot, not on the bench, but on the field. And Jesus wants to lead you, just to encourage you, Jesus wants to lead you not not to lose in the game of life, but to win in the game of life and and to see many souls saved through your life for the glory of God. Some of you are in this place of, I won't, and praying the great coach comes and motivates you out of that place today. Some of you are in the place of, I can't. You hear the message and you, you, something's inspiring about the message and you, 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 you get it. People, you need to be on mission. People need to know Jesus. But something inside of you, the, 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 enemy's, the enemy's throwing lies at you all over the place. And you're like, I, I want to be on mission, but I can't. Can't do it. Too much insufficiency and instability and insecurity within me. And this must be a message for somebody else. The better Christian, the more qualified saint, those with a special gifting. I wish I could, but I just can't seem to do it. Can God really use me? Today I'm praying that the, the, the great counselor, God himself, will come alongside of you and, and erase all those lies of Satan out of your head. Because God has called you and he wants to use you in great ways and you can do it through the spirit of God. You can live on mission for Jesus and make a difference in the world. Praying the good counselor comes alongside so you can do it and get going in the power of God. It's the other group, which many of you are also in. We've seen it on the video. Many of you are also in this place of like, it's not I won't, it's not I can't. You're, you're like, I will. Like, I, I am going to do this. I've seen, I've seen all that God's done for me and he's saved me. I know the abundant life that God has given me and, and I see him in a fresh way each and every day. And, and, and I can't wait to sign on the line, sign my life away to the one who signed his life away for me so many years ago. I want to be in on this. I want to do it. And, and you're just living it out. And so I'm praying that this, this message today would be an encouragement for you that the, the good father would come alongside of you and, 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 and just give you that words, those words of affirmation and reassurance. You're, you're doing well, my child. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Just keep going for the glory of God. This is a message today for all of us, and it's actually not going to be an Acts. So those of you smarty pants, we've already got to Acts. I changed it up on you. Throw you for a loop. We're actually going to be in Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. It's a passage I come back to a lot in my life when I need the motivation and the encouragement and the spurring on to keep going for Jesus Christ. And so it's a message that I pray God will sink deep into all of our hearts. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. You got it. You're with me. Joshua chapter 1. And we're just going to look at the first nine verses of this great passage, one that has impacted and influenced me deeply and continues to do and so many others in their faith as they consider what it means to abandon it all for the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most inspiring, motivating pastors in the Bible. Here's what it says. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. You're still turning, so I'll give you a second. I want you to see these words as God's words today and not mine. They're for you. They're for me. They're going to go a long way in helping us live out on mission. 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, get up, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, this shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Circle those words, five greatest words in all the Bible. I will be with you. I will not leave you 
or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you, have, you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers and give to them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that awesome? Think of being on mission and, and all that that entails. And, and, and I know some of you sat through some of these sermons going like, wow, that's a big task. Like, I, I'm not sure I can do that. And, and look at the words God gives Joshua, the same words God gives us as we endeavor to follow him in the way that he's called us to, to follow him. Here's the background of this to know, to know how significant these words are. Clearly we see in, in verse 2, there's no bones about it. God makes it clear. Moses, my servant, is He's done. So this is, this is the great hope of the, Israel, the, the Jewish nation. These are the, this is the guy who's going to lead them out, the, the, lead them out the, the fearless leader, you know, the, the, the godly one. And, and he died before the promised land. Why did he die before the promised land? Because he hit the rock instead of speaking to it. And in his lack of faith, God's like, you know what? You're going to bring him so far, but not in. And so when Moses died, the people were also like, what's next? Is God going to leave us here abandoned? Is this, is this as far as we get? And now there's no... Nothing beyond. So when, when he dies, so their dreams are starting to a little bit fizzle too. And yet God raised up behind him a young man named Joshua, the protege of Moses, his little, uh, the one who's mentored by Moses. And so this is the moment where, where God is saying, hey, Joshua, Moses, your mentor is dead, but now I am giving you the mantle. You're going to carry the leadership mantle. You're going to take the people now to the land and you're going to conquer the land that I've given you. And you're going to claim the inheritance that I promised from way before. Can you imagine the moment, this moment in Joshua's life? Think with me, if you're Joshua, you've grown up and everyone's Moses, Moses. He's so awesome, right? And like, what can Moses do wrong? Nothing. Well, apparently a few things, but not much, right? And he's the hope. And all of a sudden now it's, here you go, buddy. Lead the people. Can you imagine how fearful that would be? Me? Yeah, here's the land, here's the promises, go. I'm sure, I'm sure Joshua was like many of us would be, but, but I can't fill Moses' shoes. It's like, it's like the, next, the next great player in the Chicago Bulls following Michael Jordan, like really? Or the next center for the, for the Oilers after Gretzky left. Like, okay, and you're going to carry that. I can't do that. And so, so here's Joshua with all these, I'm sure, feelings of insufficiency and insecurity, just like we have going like, like I, thank you, God, but I don't know if I can do this. Like, how's this going to happen? Like, like I don't have the, 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 the skill. I don't have the stamina. The, like, what's going to happen? And, and so then this is where God gives Joshua this, this amazing, motivational, promising speech that, you know what? You don't have to worry. Just, just go, and I will be with you. And that's the first point I want you to write in your notes here is this. The title of this sermon simply is Be Bold and Courageous. Be Strong and Courageous. Number one. Here's what God says to Joshua, the same thing he says to us, just get going, God has plans for you. Get going, God has plans for you. See it in the text? Now therefore, now when, now, so he's dead, let's not be, let's not be worrying about Moses, he brought them out of Egypt, now Joshua, you're going to take me to the promised land, don't, don't be lamenting, don't be weeping over your, your 
your mentor, he was good. Now it's you, man. Like now, now's the time. Arise, like get up, arise and go. Now, arise and go. You can circle those words. Those are key for us as we think about on mission. Now, arise and go. Go over this Jordan. Think about this. He's got to go over the Jordan. No motorboats, no ships waiting for him. Like, how's he going to get over the Jordan? God's going to provide. You and all the people, take all the Israelites with you into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place get this, that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just like I have given, just like I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be, toward the going down of the sun, this shall be your territory. And so there's a picture of the territory right here. This is, this is what, what God has planned for the people. This is a massive promise. It's a massive uh, land that He's giving to the people. And, and this roots itself all the way back in the Abrahamic covenant. Remember in Genesis 12 when God called out Abraham and said, Abraham, you're going to be my guy. I'm going to, I'm going to, through you, I'm going to bless your seed and you're going to impact the whole world through you. And in Genesis 12, he, he calls him out. In Genesis 15, he says, and this is the land that you, my people are going to inhabit. So it's part of the Abrahamic covenant that God then reaffirmed to Moses in, uh, in Exodus. God reaffirmed this to Moses. And so here's the, here's the boundaries. And it wasn't just a land, it was a good land. Remember in, in, uh, Numbers, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. Remember the promised land? Remember the song? 12 men went to spy on Canaan. 10 were bad, 2 were good. You guys are like, no. Well, song we learned in Sunday school. Joshua was one of the two that were good. And so he went with Caleb, Joshua and Caleb. They got there and, and 12 of them, and they were all like, man, this is an amazing land. 10 were like, yeah, but the Canaanites are big. And they're powerful, and we can't do it. Joshua's like, can't do it, whatever. It's great, God promised it, let's go. And so God's like, now's the time, Joshua, to go. And so God's promised them this land. It's like he's giving the Israelites a Christmas present. And you know when your kids ask you for a Christmas present, you're like, ha, 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 it's already in the closet, but keep asking, it's kind of fun. That's sort of what's happening. It's already theirs. God's like, it's already their land. And now Joshua just, by faith, get this, by faith, lead the people into the land, by faith. And so clearly there's still going to be battles won because he's talking about people coming against. And yet, here's the thing. God is calling Joshua to get up and go by faith and take over what is already claimed to be God's. That's his mission. To lead the people, to defeat the enemy, and to claim the inheritance. It's, it's, not an easy, it's not an easy task. Even though it's given, there's going to be battles to be fought. Opposition to overcome. And yet, what was he calling Joshua to in this moment? Rise up and by faith, go. Take some territory for the kingdom of God. As different as it might be than our scenario, I don't think it's much different than what God is calling us to at the same time. God is calling us to, by faith, go and take territory for the kingdom of God. And we're not talking about land and, and that kind of territory. We don't care about that stuff. But it's spiritual territory for the kingdom of God. God is already predetermined in, I believe, this region. People who are, are going to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And, and he is going to use those who rise up and get up and go to, to expand the spiritual territory of the kingdom of God. You know what God's calling us to do? Be those people that, by faith, do it. Be just like Joshua and be willing to walk by faith and not by sight, as it says in 
2 Corinthians 5, 7. God's plan, get this, God has a plan. It's as good as done in his eyes, but it always involves the faith of his people to get up and go. Always. God set this land before Joshua, and I believe that God has set us up here in Niagara with more spiritual territory to take for Jesus Christ. Just like the church in Revelation, the church of Philadelphia, where God said, Behold, I set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Therefore, I will make it happen. I believe that God has opened a door for us in Niagara that, 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 that what, we ought to, what our role in this mission is is simply to get up and go. Simply to get up and go. We've, we've studied this now all year long, the mission. We've studied all the ins and outs of sharing our faith and how do we do that? How does God empower us to do that? You know what's left for us now? You know what's left for us? The moment of truth. Are we actually going to live out Acts or are we just going to study it and know it in our heads? Are we now going to get up by faith and do what Joshua did and, and Follow God? Or are we going to sit back and let everybody else do it? I believe for Joshua, this is a moment of truth. This was a moment of truth in Joshua's life. Are you going to follow in all the blessings of God? Or are you going to shrink back? Like, I can't do this. It's not, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Someone else has to do it. God is calling us as a church to, by faith, get up and go. And live out the things we've been studying in the book of Acts. Remember when I was a kid... Uh, Going to high school, one of the things I long to do is, is play football, like real football. Not side, side yard football, but real football. I played as a little bit as a kid, in like full equipment tackle football when we lived in Thunder Bay. And then we moved from there. They didn't have youth leagues around here. And so when I got to high school, man, I just couldn't wait to play football. And so I was like a little 140 pounds, shorter than I am now, a little kid. I was like, I didn't care. I want to play football, right? So I went to try for the football team. And everybody made it. It was this one team from grade 9 to 13. Everyone made it. And so first year of grade 9, I sat on the bench the whole year. But I loved it. Studying plays and watching the real men play. And by the time I got to grade 10, though, somehow I found myself as a starting quarterback on our football team. And I remember, like, up at grade 10, first game ever going to play starting quarterback and, and sitting on the sidelines, and my knees were shaking. My helmet was a little bit too big because I was little. My shoulder pads were rattling when I'd run because they were too big. And I remember standing on the sidelines watching these guys play football. These, some of these guys were monsters. They were like, they had beards and, and, and tattoos. And I'm like... Hot, 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 you know? And we're sitting on the sidelines, and my coach called me over, the defense is playing, and we get the ball, and my coach called me over, and he's like, hey, that's how we talk, come over here, you know? He looked me square in the eye, and he's like, okay, now, you spent a whole year studying, you know what to do. Get out there and do it. Bam! Slap me on the back. Ow. I remember running out in the field, man, and I was terrified. The, the guy across from me, he was actually grunting like an animal to intimidate me. <laughs> and it worked. I look over my coach and he's like, just, just do it. You know what to do. Just do it. Just run the plays. I don't remember much about that except that it was three and out. Three downs out on the sidelines. Got over. Whoo! Survived. But I know it's similar to the situation to what we come up against when we think about being on mission. It's a moment of truth. I remember that moment. I was like, man, I wanted this. I practiced hard for this. I sacrificed hours and sweat. And the moment of truth, I was like, I don't think I want to do this. He's better than I am, I think, coach. And with the coach, he looked, just get after it. Get up and go. Get in the game. I, I think that's what God wants us to hear today. I think that's what God's telling Joshua. It's like the pep talk. It's like, Joshua, just get up and go. 
You've watched Moses. You, you, you know what to do and you know I'm going to be with you. Just get up and go. Just get up and go. You don't have to have it all together. You just need to get out and trust the Lord as you get out in the game of life and play for the glory of Jesus Christ. Personally, I think this applies to all of us. Personally, I think it applies to all of us. We need to start taking, taking steps of faith. What does it mean to get up and go? What does it mean to, to follow God and, and get up and go and, and realize that God has plans for you? I think it simply means this. We, we, we need to stop settling for sin. We need to stop refusing to sit back and do nothing for God and, and realize that God has some big plans for me. God has some, some significant plans for my life. God has more to accomplish in me and through me than I could probably begin to ask for or imagine. And God is calling you to take steps of faith and, and to be determined to make this life count and to walk by faith wherever God leads, whenever God says, and to take ground for his name's sake, to, to witness to people, to share Christ, to see more people come to know Jesus Christ. By faith, it's God's calling us to get in the game. I think corporately, God's calling us to the same thing. Before we launched this church, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And, and five and a half years ago, I preached this message two weeks before we launched. And I said, okay, okay, now it's just a matter of like going by faith. God's already determined who's going to be a part of our church. It just takes us stepping up by faith and sharing Jesus and being faithful and, and see what God's going to do. He's already got the, the, the ground laid for us every place our footsteps God's going to do if we follow him and, and look what God's done in five and a half years our doing absolutely say it with me not God's doing absolutely how we just walk by faith I believe God does, doesn't now want us to sit back and say oh we're comfortable now we've got a church of six seven hundred and finances are good and, and we've got a nice little family here and we're all good you know what God wants us he wants us to, to keep having that mindset that heart to, to let's go by faith there's more territory to take you know how many more souls are in Niagara region that need Jesus Christ thousands I'm talking one or two we're talking thousands of people spiritual territory to be taken for Jesus Christ, what's it going to take? It's going to take you and I getting up in faith and going after it for the glory of God. Moment of truth. Studied it hard. Pads are on. Coach, look in the eye. Go to it. What are we going to do? Difference between my coach and God. Here's the confidence God gives us in doing it. God gives us confidence knowing that he's going to be with us. We can go. Here's number one, get going. God has plans for you. Here's number two, be confident. God will be with you. Be confident, God will be with you. Look at verse 5. So all this territory and, and more than Joshua probably ever pictured. Look at verse 5. And no man will be able to stand against, stand before you all the days of your life, because just as I was with Moses, say it with me, so, so just as I was with Moses, so, I will not leave you or forsake you. Then in verse 9, he says this, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He doesn't just say get up and get going. He gives like the granddaddy of all promises right here. My coach, boom, go make it happen. You're going to get crushed and I'm going to stand here on the sidelines and watch. God's like, you go and guess what? I'm coming too. I'm going to be with you as you go. As I said to you, this is no small call for Joshua. And God's not just throwing him out and out of the wolves. He's not just throwing him in the lion's den without promising the greatest thing ever, the presence of himself to go with him. 
as overwhelming as I think it is sometimes to lead the church God's called me to lead, as overwhelming as sometimes you feel probably being called to be a missionary, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how overwhelming it would be for, for Joshua in this moment to lead a nation for God according to God's purposes? Can I live up to Moses? What if I fail? Do I have what it takes? But notice how God, he, he, he even answers some of those fears before he even comes out of Joshua's mouth. He answers the anxieties of the soul even before they happen. It's almost like he's like, what about them? You know, you the kids, like, what about this? Before you say anything, just know this. I'm going to be with you. It's not going to be easy, Joshua. It's going to be hard. It's going to be overwhelming. There's going to be times where you're going to get dismayed. What does dismayed mean? It means shocked or caught off guard. There's going to be times as you lead the people where it's going to be like, what is happening, God? Where did that come from? Your emotions are going to be all over the map, Joshua. Notice I'm going to be with you. Oh, there's going to be opposition from without, for sure. Don't get caught off guard. People are going to come after you. Actually, people from within are going to rise up and, and give you angst, too. But when you get feeling disoriented and out of control, don't, don't look around. Just look up, Joshua. And you know what? I'll be with you. Do not be frightened. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Don't, when fear rushes in, in other words, fear is going to happen. Well, I can't do it. I'm too fearful to, to step out for God. Well, Joshua's the same. God says, you know, fear is going to happen, Joshua. Rest assured, there's going to be times where you're scared out of your wits. Your heart's going to quiver. Your knees are going to shake and your emotions will be rattled. But remember this, that there's someone who's with you whose presence and power cannot be overcome and and no one can stand in my way. No one who stands against you. They they they, they mess with you, Joshua. They're going to mess with me. And so what's our confidence in going forward? The exact same thing. Joshua's call is no different than ours. God's promise to Joshua is no different than God's promise to us. If we're going to take this call seriously, if we're going to live on mission, God is promising you and I today, you're not going to do this alone. Isn't that encouraging and reassuring? I know you're just like me. You have fears and you have insecurities and you have all those things. And you're like, before you make your excuses, just know this. I will be with you. Really assuring Joshua a lifetime of victory over his enemies based on not Joshua's ability, but God's unfailing presence and help. And this is enough. This ought, this ought to be enough for us. If you, if you know God, this is enough for us. Where tendency is like, that sounds great, but give me, give me more assurance. This is all the assurance that we need. This is all the assurance that God's people needed uh, throughout the whole Bible. Abraham, this is all Abraham needed. Uh, is that, God, just assure me you're going to be with me. This is all Moses needed in Exodus 14. Just assure me you're going to be with me. Isaiah, Jeremiah, every Christian throughout the centuries, this is the number one promise they needed from God to assure them of victory. One plus God equals victory. God plus one equals victory. So as you think about the mission and you think about, I know you got your list of litany fears and insecurities and all the reasons why you can't, just like, just like I do. You put all those rest to rest today because God's promising you today that he's going to go with you. This is said about 10 times in the Bible in almost the exact same way, from Genesis right to the end. This, this has been all that God's people needed for all of history. Not a sign and a wonder, not a, 
As long as everyone likes me, just simply this, like, God will go with me. Listen to this in some of these verses. Genesis 28, 15. Write this one down. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. What I've promised you. Psalm 37, 28. The Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They are preserved forever. The Lord loves the just, will not forsake his faithful ones. All our job is to be faithful. God takes care of the rest. Matthew 28, 20, go and make disciples, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Get go and make disciples, live it out, and I will be with you always, not sometimes, not, not on the occasions I feel like it, always, even to the end of the age. Here's the reality for us. God is a difference maker for us as we live on mission. This whole sermon series has not been a call for you now to get out there and do it on your own and to go after. This is a call to submit to God, surrender to God, and let God go with you and empower you and enable you to, to do what he's called you to do. This is what this sermon series is about. And if God goes with us, what do we have to fear? Think of when you were a kid. What was a game changer for you when you were a kid? It was, it was your father's presence, wasn't it? Remember when I was a wee little kid? Remember when I was a wee little kid? Big fear for me was going to bed by myself because we had this, this old rickety farmhouse not farmhouse, but old rickety century house, and it was like a farmhouse, and there's this, this old staircase that was pitch black, and the light wasn't to the top, the staircase. And also my parents would be like, I was the youngest, so I'd go to bed first. Go to bed, and I'd be like, uh-uh, I'm not going. You go with me, Dad? He's like, I'm not going with you. It's just a staircase. I'll be here at the bottom. You just go. I'm, like, I'm not going unless you go with me. And I'd argue and argue and argue until I made my dad so mad I <laughs> had no option. And I'd bolt to the top of the stairs. I'd slam that light on, you know, on the way up and head to my room without even stopping. I'd be so scared that someone's going to get me or something's going to happen. And you dive into your covers and you're, for the next half hour, you're shaking in your boots wondering what's up there. Remember those days, some of you? But that's not how God's calling us to, 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 to go on mission. The difference for me was those nights that dad would be like, yeah, I'll go with you. And you get to the bottom of the stairs, you'd be looking up and you wouldn't care what was up there because your dad was at your side. And we're walking up those stairs with him, and I get to the top, and I'd be like the boss, like slamming that light on that. Take that light. And you march into your room so confidently, and you lay down in your bed, and there's no shivering, there's no quivering, there's no like crazy things going through. You just lay down, and you go to sleep at night. Night, Dad, night, son, love you, love you too. Thanks for walking me up. Yep, good night. Sometimes I think we're running into going on mission up this long, dark stairway that we have to do navigate all by ourselves. And we don't know what's at the top. We don't know what's going to be there. And yet God is telling us here, like it's, it's going to be a long, dark stairway from sometimes in that journey for sure. There's going to be times where people do, just like Joshua, they're going to oppress you. They're going to oppose you. There's going to be times where the, the people around you get all fired up and, and angst towards you, just like Joshua. There's going to be unknowns. There's going to be like what in the, what in the world moments. But get this, God's promised us. It might be a long, dark journey on some legs of it. But you don't have to fear because your God is going to be right with you on your side. Right by your side. This is a reminder for us that whatever God calls us to, he will enable us to do. And it's not even about your strength. It's not even about your ability. It's about God's presence with you. This is a reminder that God loves you. God's not this mean old God like, ha ha, see if we can get them in this mission and see what happens. God loves you. He's calling you something good for your life. And he's going to go with you. He's got your back. When God says he's got your back, he has your back. 
I, I trust many in this room with my back, but honestly, in the back of my mind, I'm like, but they're just human, and will they fail? Will they falter? I don't know. But, but going to battle with God, you know, he's got your back, and guess what? He has your back. You don't have to look behind you. He's got it. Just a great promise to take with us as we move forward into on mission, praying this would encourage you as it does me all the time. Oh, there's some nights where you're like, God, you better be faithful to this promise because I can't do it. And guess what? God's faithful every single time. God's faithful every single time. And this is a promise you don't want to miss out on. So circle it, highlight it, whatever you got to do in your asterisks. And so as you think of acts and on mission, I can do it because God's going with me. And here's what Spurgeon says about God's promises. God's promises are to be prods, not pillows. God's promises are to be prods, not pillows. In other words, we don't just rest. They're supposed to poke us, to move us, move us forward, not just to rest on them. Here's the third thing that moves us into the third point of this. Be bold and courageous. Be brave. God wants you to trust and obey. Be brave. God wants you to trust and obey. Get going, Joshua. Be confident and be brave. I'm going to go with you. Be brave. Look at verse 6. Be strong and courageous. This is is both a command and an invitation. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous in my power. For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Surely you commanded me just twice in like a couple verses before. But get what he says. Be strong and courageous. Why do you think God says it three times in a matter of a few verses? Why is that? Because Joshua needed to hear it three times in a matter of a few verses, just like we do. Here's two words you can tattoo somewhere on your heart. Strong and courageous. Here's some two words you can put wherever you need to put them to remind yourself that in Christ I can be strong and courageous. God's not just calling us to uh, calling us to listen and leave us. He's going to enable us to both be strong and courageous. What does it mean to be strong? Strong is the opposite of wimpy. It's to have power, to be able to withstand great force or great pressure. Think of a UFC fighter. That's me a picture of strength. They, they train, and then they throw blows that you and I could never take. They take blows that you and I could never take. And what do they do? They, they stick in there till the very end, till someone can't move anymore. So God is calling us spiritually. He's given us the ability spiritually to be strong, courageous. Think, think brave heart. Think brave heart. So consumed with a purpose that there's no category for danger or for failure. Here's what courage is. Ability to do what is right and move forward in the face of adversity. That's what God is calling us to. Be strong and courageous. Together, here's the word they make, I think. Brave. Just be Brave. Following Jesus is not for a faint heart, it's for a brave heart. It's to be brave. What does it mean to be brave? Think of one who responds when everyone else freezes. Think think, think of one who speaks up when everybody else gets tongue-tied. Think of one who puts puts it into practice when everyone else just continues to talk about it. Think of one who leads while everyone else is content to follow. I'm not so sure those things wouldn't have been Joshua's natural instinct apart from God's call upon his life. Temptation to lead and not to follow and not lead. Temptation to freeze and and not act. And temptation to not, to to get tongue-tied and not speak. And that with God's presence, with God's promises, 
This is what he's calling Joshua and us to be. It's interesting that, you know what Moses, some of Moses' last words to Joshua were? Deuteronomy 31, 6 to 8, you know what some of his last words were? Be strong and courageous. Hey, be strong and courageous. What's God's first words as he embarks upon taking the mantle of leadership? Be strong and courageous. I don't know about you, but I sometimes read these passages. I'm like, yeah, but God, but God, but God, but God. I'm kind of weak and fearful. Ever feel that way? You're commanding me to do something that I don't know if I can really do. How do we, how do we get to this place where we can be strong and courageous? I think number one is we start praying. If you find yourself the opposite of strong and courageous, wimpy and fearful, then you start praying, God, by your spirit, help me, enable me to do what you've called me to do. And then I think the, the, the next things we do is simply what it says here in the text, just then, then pray and then trust and then obey. Pray and trust and obey and ask God to, to do the work in you. Do you think anyone else who was called to great things that was fearful and weak, I think of, I think of Gideon in Judges 6 and 7. Remember Gideon? Another one of my favorite characters in the Bible because I, I relate so well to him. And Gideon's this guy that the, the, the oppression was real and the, and the Midianites were, were there. And where was he? This bold warrior. No, he was, he was threshing wheat in a wine press. He was, he was hiding out, trying to stay undercover threshing wheat. And then the angel of the Lord comes to him and says to him, Oh, you mighty man of valor. Remember Gideon? Who, me? Is there somebody else in this wine press? Yeah, but, but God, don't, don't you understand, God, that... Actually, my tribe is the least of all the tribes, and I'm the smallest of my father's clan, and I'm not leading anybody anywhere out of a wet paper bag for sure. What did God tell him? God told him, go in the strength that you have. and In other words, just, just, just go and, and be obedient, and I'll meet you there, and I will do it. Gideon, but I, I'm the worst player on the worst team in the league, and now you want me to be captain of the all-star team? Yes, because I've called you and I will enable you. You trust in me and obey me and you'll have everything you need. Just trust and obey me, Gideon. Just trust and obey me, Joshua. Just trust and obey me. You can throw your name in there. The mission is too great. The stakes are too high. God's calling us to be together on mission. Just trust and obey. To pray and ask God for strength and grace and to trust and obey. Here's God's game plan for us. So how am I going to do this? Here's, we know the call. We know, we know the call. How am I going to do it? Here's how, here's how you do it. It's right here in the passage. Here's God's game plan for you as you trust and obey in the power and the grace of God. God's game plan is so simple. You're like, I already know these things. Let me remind you what God's game plan is. You don't have to drop your own game plan. It's right here. It's stick to the book. Speak the truth and soak in God's word. So be strong and courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Here's, here's the first step in, in fulfilling your mission. Just, just live by the book. Don't just study the book. Don't just agree with the book with a nod. Live by the book. If the Bible says we're supposed to live a certain way, let's live that way. Don't turn from it to the right or the left. Don't choose and pick and choose which passages you want to apply and which passages you don't want to apply. Don't try to work your way around the convicting passages, but also don't try and worm your way out of the encouraging passages. Let them all work simultaneously for the glory of God in your life. Simply this. How are you going to live out a mission? Just, just live by the book. It seems so simple, but live by the book. 
follow God in obedience and in holiness. And when, when, when God says we're supposed to speak, we speak. And when we speak, don't just speak any words, speak the truth. It all comes back to the word of God. It's so paramount for us as believers to not just to talk about the Bible and carry our Bibles, but to study our Bibles and know our Bibles. Because this is the key to you being successful on mission. You stick to the word of God. You obey it. You don't waver left or right. You speak the truth. Look what it says here. You should not let this truth depart from your mouth. I'm not sure how to live on mission. How about try this? Start speaking truth. The truth of God's word. You don't need to redefine the truth or reinterpret the truth. Just let these words flow from your lips in every circumstance you come up against. I'm not sure what to say. Go back to the word of God and speak the word of God. That's where the transformational power is. Not in your ability to convince somebody or have a good handle on apologetics. It's, it's, those are important things, apologetics, but, but it's also come down to the word of God. Speak the truth. Speak words of light and life, and you can't go wrong. You will make a difference. You, you speak God's words, you will make a difference. Believers come and ask you for encouragement. Here's what you do. You motivate them through the truth of God's word. When other believer, unbelievers you're talking to, spark an interest in them through sharing the truth of God's word. Encourage people. If you're going to encourage people in anything, encourage them through the word of God. Stick to the book. Speak the truth and soak in God's word. Soak in God's word. Let the word of God permeate your mind so that it affects your heart and changes your, and affects your will, changes your actions. That's what he says. That's, that's why he's saying this. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. If you got anything worthy to say, make sure it comes and it lines up with the word of God. It doesn't matter what you think or how great it sounds to everyone else. Just make sure it lines up with the word of God and you'll have success in your mission. Meditate on this book day and night. Don't just know it a little bit, like know it so that the word becomes a part of you and you become a part of the word. This is what changes us is by meditating on, our, on the word of God. Romans 12, 1. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your, as your mind is renewed, your heart is changed, as your heart is changed, your will follows closely behind. And so the, 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 the mind is like the, the engine and the, the heart is, is, is the car and the will is the caboose and it's all driven by the mind. The only way you're going to be effective in mission for Jesus Christ is if you sometimes put down your news feed and your sports page and your latest celebrity gossip column and you actually take the word of God seriously and let it dwell within you richly, as Colossians says. You try to endeavor to do this on your own strength, you're going to fail. You leave God, Jesus behind, you're going to fail. You try to endeavor to do this in your own wisdom, you're going to fail for sure. But on God's, with God at your side, with God's wisdom, you will succeed. Be strong and courageous. Be brave. God just wants you to trust and obey. It comes down to simply this, I think, a little bit. We just got to do it. We can study Acts for another four years. But if we're not doing it, we're not really getting what the message of Acts is all about. Just do it. Now is the time, more than ever, that we need to follow God's word and allow God's word to change us and motivate our actions and move others to the glory of God. It's going to take strength and courage for God's people to do this in a world that is adamantly opposed to God and his word. We need to pray more than ever before that God give us strength, give us courage to take to live the word of God, how are people going to see a different way unless we live it? 
How are we going to know what a godly person looks like, what God's way is in this world if we're not living it? So, so God, help me live this. This is how we show the world Christ. We live the word of God. We speak the word of God. Let the word of God change us. Now more than ever, we need to speak up about for our faith. The, the, the end is coming, and I think it's coming sooner than we think. I think the signs of the times are getting quicker as we read the scriptures. The signs of the times are getting quicker. We don't have time to put this off and procrastinate like we did in high school to the, the exam. Now's the time to really diligently share our faith and be bold and courageous, be strong and courageous for the Lord, living it out but sharing it at the same time. This is God's mandate for us, and there's so much more territory for Jesus to take in this world. The world more than ever needs to see men and women living out their faith in a real way and sharing the truth of Jesus unashamedly. And as we do this, here's the last one quickly. You can just believe God because he says he'll grant you success. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and I'm going to be, be confident in the Lord and, and I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm going to do it, but how do I know that it's going to happen from that? God promises us right here. He will grant you success. Look at the words he uses in this. And you'll have good success. He says it twice. You'll have success. You'll have prosperous. And you'll have success. Good success in verse 7. And prosperous and success in verse... And good success in verse 8. To clarify, we're not talking about prosperous and becoming millionaire tycoons. That's not the prosperous we're talking about. When, when Joshua, when he's telling Joshua you're going to be prosperous, Joshua wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to have this great big, this great big mansion one day and I'm going to have all these chariots. No, you know, he's... You're going to be prosperous. You're going to advance. Nothing's going to stop you from advancing. You're going to take territory for the kingdom of God. That, that's what prosperous is in God's eyes. It's taking more territory for God's kingdom. Success in the world's eyes is not success in God's eyes. We all know this very clearly. You can be a champ in the world's eyes and a chump in God's eyes. The other side of that, you can be a chump in the world's eyes and a champ in God's eyes. God, God's promising you success, the, the real success, the lasting success, not the superficial worldly success that some of us long for. And, not that it's all bad, but the greater success we're aiming for is what God has for us in Jesus Christ. Here's the greater success that God is assuring us. When we step out in faith and follow him on mission, here's the greater success, success in God's eyes that, that, that God gives us. He gives us a, a, a deep love for God. He, gives us, he helps us be successful in faith and obedience. He helps us successfully love others in word and deed. He helps us successfully stay close to him. Throughout the whole journey of life, he helps us successfully overcome the world. He helps us successfully share our faith. He helps us successfully take ground for God's kingdom. He helps us to successfully allow him to use our lives for his purposes. Here's what God's promising us when we simply live out all that we've studied. Again, it's a moment of truth. Are we going to live this out? Or are we going to package it somewhere in the back of our cranium and say, well, that was a good study. Lots of interesting facts there. Or are we going to live this out? If we're committed today to living out our faith, to getting past the I won't, to getting past the I can't, and to all be in the I will camp, here's what God promises us. God promises that he'll bless us, he will use us, and he'll be honored through our lives. That when we stand before him, when we stand before him one day, we will hear these cliche words, I don't know, but it's in the Bible. So these words, well done, my good and faithful. Sounds cliche to you. It sounds pretty sweet to me. And to hear those words come off Jesus' lips will be the sweetest thing you'll ever hear in this life. 
I'm not talking about trying to earn your faith and earn your salvation with God. I think that was clear through the whole message. Talking about, though, surrendering ourselves to Jesus because of what he's done for us on the cross. That we might live a life powerful and effective for his glory here on earth. God's not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. God's not done with our church yet. Why did we come back to Acts this year? Because we need to get back to the basics. This is what our church was... was this is a, a whole study leading up to the planting of our church. And we prayed hard, God, would you allow us to take some spiritual territory for your glory? Please, God, allow, allow us to not just not be on our own agenda, not, not be about us, but be about you. And, and we, would you allow us to see lives changed and people transformed by the glory of God? Would you simply just allow us this prayer as we step out in faith? Guess what God's done in five and a half years? You're, you're evidence of it. At this stage of the game, I think the dangers become comfy and cozy and think, he's done it, we're done. Now we just got to coast the rest of our lives. We've got this nice little great community, which we do have, great community of faith, people who love us and encourage us and challenge us. And now we just coast. Here's, here's what God says. There's no coasting in the kingdom of God. There's absolutely no coasting in the kingdom of God. God's reminding us through this whole year. He's going to remind us again in the, in the month of August. He's reminding us this whole year that now's the time to get going and be confident and be brave and to believe God for he has so much more yet work to do in your life and through your life for his glory. Are you in? On mission, are you in? It's what every church exists for and what every believer is called to be on, on mission for Jesus Christ. Praying that you'll jump in on God's call for us together. Let me pray. Thank you, Lord, for the call to be on mission. Thank you for the encouragement, Lord, that you've just given us in this passage. God, in and of ourselves, we are not strong or courageous, but God, in you, we are both. Thank you, Lord, for, for promising us that when we step out in faith, you will use us to take more ground for the kingdom of God. God, that's our desire. Not that we elevate ourselves, not that we just have a big church. We don't care about those things, but God, we want to see more people experience the abundant life of Jesus Christ that we have experienced. We want to see more people found in salvation. We want to see more people, God, changed by the glory of God. But God, we know that only happens as your people step up in faith and by faith, trust you and obey and to live the life you've called us to. So God, I pray for everyone in this room, for the I can'ts. God, would you erase all those doubts and all those fears and show them that they can in Jesus Christ. For the I won'ts, God, would you change the very disposition of their hearts so they would not want to live for themselves, but live for you, not in comfort, but spending themselves this life for your, for your purposes. For the I wills, God, there's many in this room, the I wills. Thank you for the I wills that are in this camp, God. Protect them and watch over them. May they not look back. May they not look around. May they keep going, knowing that that's going to be hard. There's going to be lots of long, dark hallways to walk through. But yet, God, you'll get them through. And this is the most prosperous use of their life they could ever have put their minds to. So help them, Lord, just to go strong for your kingdom. And God, help us all to not waver. We know it's a dark world out there. We know it's scary out there. We know that that people are falling left and right and, and even leaving the faith. Help us just be firm and faithful to the end, oh God. Protect us to the very end. They might hear those great words when we see your face. Well done. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.